2: Is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve oh. Smith is gonna go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up close to the end zone. Olson touchdown. Brian <laughs> Burns to the house! This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Richwater. Throw into the end zone. Touchdown. Samuel still on his feet inside the five to the end zone. Touchdown. What a play. And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. On two, three. He pounded (laughs) it. Welcome back. It's another edition of the Roar Podcast. John Ellis, Billy Marshall back at it after a uh, couple weeks off here. Got a lot going on around the NFL, and Billy and I are here for the next uh, half hour or so to break things down for you from the Panthers in. Billy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Very good, man. A lot going on around the league. Of course, uh, as we record this on a Tuesday night here, the franchise deadline came and went. And I guess we can dive right into it with Taylor Moten getting the tag. Uh, We saw some reporting come out from several sources today that this was expected to happen and uh, saw a post by Bill Voth from Panthers.com mentioning that this was, you know, not a big surprise. I don't think either one of us are shocked here that this was something they needed to do. Uh, Just your thoughts as we kick the show off here on Taylor Moten, Uh, sticking around for at least one more year.
1: Yeah, very pleased. I think it's um, a player that they had to place a priority on one way or the other. Obviously, you want a long-term deal, but this is the next best solution. And it's very, I guess, satisfying uh, that he's going to be here at least next year. And they have until July 15th, which is plenty of time to wrap up a long-term deal. So uh, you know, I'm going to remain a little optimistic that that is the direction that they will go in. Uh, because, again, he is one of the best right tackles in the league, and you never want to lose um, a quality tackle. I don't care if you're on the left side or the right side. It's all the same in this day and age. Um, We only have to go back to 2015 to see Von Miller lining up on the right side of the offensive line and really terrorizing the Panthers. (laughs) So, yeah, no, uh, I mean, we expected it to happen, so I'm glad it did happen. Um, Now let's try to transition and get the long-term deal done, hopefully.
2: No doubt about it. He allowed uh, three sacks last year, was uh, a rock-solid guy, played over 1,000 snaps, of course, and, you know, is just consistently, since coming into league in 2017, been uh, just emerging as a rock-solid right tackle. And I think it was vital, as you and I have talked about, for this team to solidify at least one of those two sides. Now, where will they go left tackle? Obviously, Russell Okung will be moving on, it looks like. And you've got Greg Little, who is not quite, you know, emerged as we hoped. A lot of stock was put into that pick, and it just hasn't emerged. Uh, I guess we can start there as we continue to evaluate this roster. They've got the right side locked up. Now, questions remain along the entire offensive line. I've got some thoughts on it, but let's open it up to you. What do you think in terms of left tackle and even on the interior? Where do they go from here?
1: Yeah, it's really tough to know because even looking at the free agent market it doesn't really look very enticing even a guy like a young guy like cam robinson who's about average to maybe a blow or above depending on who you speak with he got the franchise tag today and after that it's just a bunch of like solid two good players who are in their 30s like an Okunga, like a trent williams like an alejandro villanueva Uh, jason peters is I don't know. He's 39 years old. I'm really not, not sure yeah. that's the direction they should be going in. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, it's just like a bunch of development and um, you know backup tackles on the market. So I, I don't really think you can address this position in free agency. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure they're going to look for depth or someone cheap. Uh, but for me, this is a position that they have to go into the draft and look. I mean, look, if they're going to go out, I, I just don't think they're going to sign Trent Williams. Let's just be clear about that. Yeah. Um, Villanueva would be a fine option, but it's like, how much better is he than Okung? And why would not just bring back Okung if that? If you're going to sign a 33-year-old left tackle, um, right, right. because they're the same age. So it, this seems like a position that it's going to have to. They're going to have to figure something out. Um, internally on the roster, whoever it is, or the draft. And I think the draft is probably the best next option, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think so. And a lot of questions remain. We're going to dive into the quarterback situation because it very much ties into what their plans could be in the draft, whether or not they go number eight with a quarterback, whether or not they trade that pick away for a a Deshaun Watson or somebody else to get maybe to the top three, or do they sit there and and take somebody like uh, Rashawn Slater, who had a great day today. Uh, in terms of pro day, Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech, another you know, name that comes to mind, uh, Sewell from Oregon. Yeah, I like
1: both of those guys.
2: Yeah, I mean these are these are just some names that, that, that I mean we all know about, and they're they're testing well. Obviously, the combine not being in the mix this year does hurt with the evaluation, but it's encouraging to see some of this going on. And and you posted something about you know, going to the interior part of the line, uh, Quinn Minertz. Uh, I think you eye-spied uh, a very familiar face there at his workout today.
1: Yeah, the uh, offensive line coach. This is what I usually do, by the way. Um, most of my followers know I like to stock these pro days and look for Panthers personnel. Yeah, um, been doing it for years. Obviously, last year didn't work out because of uh, the pandemic. But now that the pro days are back in action, um, this is something I'm going to be doing and posting a lot more about which Panthers coaches uh, and scouts are at these pro days, particularly coaches, because that gives you a better idea of um, what positions they're looking for. So yeah, the Panthers offensive line coach. Uh, Pat Meyer, who I believe he was at the senior bowl. I know they had a couple of coaches, not there, right. um, but and minors was, I, again, I don't, if, if you know, for sure, fact check me, but I think he was on the dolphins um, team during the senior bowl week. Uh, but regardless, very exciting prospect that, uh, I mean, I watched him at the senior bowl, just completely dominate um, higher level of competition. And now again, division three guy, probably a day two uh, draft pick, but I mean, the interior is also a position they got to address in one way or the other. I mean, the left guard, who knows what's going to happen with Chris Reed. Um I mean, the right guard, I, I don't know. I, like, obviously, the uh, John Miller acquisition was fine. And I think, uh, you know, he he should keep his spot if he wants in center. It, it's the last year of the deal for um, Paradise. So for, it's going to be interesting to see how they figure it out. I, I, do, I feel like... Um, this roster in particular, they're really going to have to find creative ways to um, not just address their holes, but find out and bring in more competition. And that really kind of addresses a lot of the areas of concern that you might have in different areas of the team.
2: Sure. And they've got a boatload of guys that are going to hit the free agent market here, including Chris Reed, you mentioned. Uh, You've got some other guys that that are, you know, looking at, Potential departures, you mentioned Rosa uh Tyler Larson is a free agent, a reserve guard spinner who has shown some value over the years. So they're going to have to, you know, obviously make some decisions here coming up soon as to who they retain. Uh, John Miller's on that list too. I mean, so you've got two guards that you relied on heavily, particularly in the run game with Reed, who are coming up in free agency here. And I just don't know what direction they'll go in. It's fascinating to to see all this come together in year two for Matt Rule, because uh, we talked about year one, you and I started this podcast last summer and we had questions about some things they were doing on the roster. And I think we liked some of the things they're doing on the roster back then, but you've got, obviously the buzz right now is quarterback. I mean, let's just go right to it. I mean, it's been a while since you and I have talked. We discussed things after the senior bowl. You and I talked with Steven Ruiz, Sam Farmer, had a couple good conversations there about the Stafford, a potential deal, and, and Deshaun Watson remains, uh, I guess, to many a pipe dream. But but hey, look, we've seen good reporting that indicates Dave Tepper is is very much in this in terms of trying to make this thing work. Um, give me a, give me a reset from your angle, Billy. Where where do you stand on Carolina's quarterback conundrum right now? Obviously, Bridgewater is not in good favor. They're trying to unload that contract. Um, where are you at with the quarterbacks right now? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I think I'm still where I'm at um, when we last spoke because it's so difficult to really just get a read on what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, they want Deshaun Watson, but the Houston Texans aren't just going to like let him go. And I don't, I don't know. Like a lot of the reporting that I've seen suggests that Houston isn't inclined to deal him before the draft. Yeah. So that puts you in a quagmire, like, yeah, like obviously you want Deshaun Watson, but yeah. what 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 are you gonna do if you don't get him before the draft? Are you gonna On roll with Bridgewater? Right. Are you gonna trade up for a QB? Are you yeah. gonna so I just I just feel like they shouldn't center their off season around acquiring Deshaun Watson because it's such a it's such a big fish that if you don't catch it, then everything else goes to hell.
2: Totally because if mean, you don't get Deshaun Watson, you're
1: planning on it. You have to like yeah. seriously pivot quickly to option B, and I just I just feel like Deshaun Watson is just such a. Uh, I don't want to say it's a pipe dream. I just feel like it's very difficult for this franchise to do that. And I don't want to uh, be put in a position where you're scrambling at the last minute and taking overdrafting a quarterback or, um, you know, signing another quarterback you shouldn't be signing. So my own kind of judgment suggests that they are looking at a variety of options. That's why they were in the Stafford sweepstakes. And that's why they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And I don't know, like, let's see who else uh, becomes available. If not, then they really should pivot to the draft, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I I think you're exactly right, Billy. You know, I've been on the record saying that I I think that they've got a pretty decent chance to land Watson just based on the fact that Dave Tepper Uh, from good reporting from guys like Albert Breer, Peter King, Joe Person, have all sort of, you know, again you don't know the whole story. Nobody really does. But they've all made the point that, look, Dave Kepper is very much trying to make a push for this steal. And, again, there's a lot of hurdles to climb here. But I also think he raised a great point in that the timing is critical here for Carolina. They have a top ten pick. There are some very good quarterbacks I want to talk with you about here. In that mix here, including Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is, is anywhere in the conversation right now for many reasons. And, of course, Mac Jones is getting a lot of buzz right now. Uh, so I, I guess I'll we'll dive into it from this angle. Where, where would you lean? Now, let's just say this Watson thing doesn't happen pre-draft. I, I have no sense that it's going to lean one way or another. I really don't. I, I don't think anybody really knows. We're all just guessing right now. I think it would be smart for Houston to come to their senses and realize we got to get in, in this mix. Now There's no way he's going to play for us. I don't think there's any way he's coming back to play for him. I think he'll sit out as long as he needs to. It's a very principled guy, Billy, but assuming this doesn't happen the way Carolina presumably wants it to happen. And this thing lingers into the summer. They've got to draft a quarterback. I think in this top 10, do you not agree? I I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I- Again, I
1: I mentioned this back in January, but, like, uh, it just doesn't seem like a possibility at this point. And and what I was mentioning was running it back with Bridgewater. That just seems like it's not going to happen, period. Um, Which, fair enough. I mean, they don't want to do that. Then that's their prerogative. But the reason I said that is because this team has, in my opinion, this team has plenty of holes. And, I mean, just looking at these free agent lists, I mean, three out of the five guys in the offensive line are, most likely gone actually make it yeah three out of five right so they have to figure out again i'm going to be very fascinated with how they deal with their limited number of assets and how they're going to um you know fix this roster and and so yes i i think the quarterback um in the draft would make a lot of sense um, and but you're gonna to have to trade up and most likely uh, that's a situation where I think there are a couple teams within that top eight um, that would be inclined to do it. I think Philadelphia, we heard some reporting that they want to ride with Jalen Hurts next year. Um, I, I mean, Cincinnati, obviously, who knows? Uh, I mean, they're going to ride with Joe Burrow, of course, so they might be an option to trade down. And then, um, you know, Miami, I think, is another, is it the other option getting ahead of Atlanta potentially.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like quarterback has to be you're not going to get Deshaun Watson, which I don't think they will before the draft and they might get him um, another time. I just feel like you have to really find, figure out a way to address this. And uh, I mean, looking at the free agent market, I don't really see any enticing QBs. I mean, Jameis is probably staying with the saints. Yeah. So drafted drafted is.
2: Yeah. drafted is, And let's, let's talk about that for a minute because you hear a lot of buzz from a lot of people uh, about starting quarterbacks. You know, the, the consensus, I think, is Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. Uh, you hear a few people say that uh, Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this draft. Uh, the thing I've said all along is different strokes for different folks, Billy. You know, people are inclined to have their own opinion. Yeah, that's... Totally nothing wrong with that. Um, as far as what Carolina can, can do here... Uh, You look at the draft order. I mean, obviously, the Jets and Dolphins are are two and three. Now, are the Dolphins going to be in a position to want to trade back and keep Tua and, uh, you know, maybe go with a guy like uh, uh, Chase in the first round if he's available or a a Pitt, somebody that can, you know, help the young quarterback out? Uh, Will they go offensive tackle? The Bengals are sitting there at five as well with with a quarterback of the future. Uh, Atlanta, it's hard to know what Atlanta wants to do. There's a lot of speculation they're going to go quarterback. So I think it's going to take – you know a, a lot of forethought and a lot of you know it, it's going to take some nimble work by scott fitterer and matt rule on draft night if they don't make a trade pre-draft to move up because uh, to me mac jones it, it, let's talk about mac for a minute okay i just want to see elephant in the room right now he's getting a lot of run right now a lot of publicity and a, and a lot of favor in terms of Uh, some of the analysts out there, whom I respect, Chris Sims being one, you know, Chris does good work, but he's really pushing Mac to Carolina. It seems to be a narrative that's picking up. Mike Tannenbaum has been another, and I've been on record as to say, look, from what I've seen from Mac Jones, and I'm not as qualified as these people, but I, I do my homework, I just don't know if I see the complete package that I would prefer for a quarterback, in in my mind, what I'd want to run in terms of having some athleticism, being able to break the pocket and do things out of structure that Mac clearly cannot do as well as Lance, as Fields, as Wilson, or Lawrence. So, help me understand what what are people seeing in Mac Jones from your perspective that would be uh, that would qualify him to be the eighth overall pick for Carolina?
1: Yeah, I I, I truly don't know what they're seeing in him. Um, I mean, there's certain traits that he has that do translate, especially into like a Kyle Shanahan scheme. I mean, he has really good footwork. Um, his his pocket mobility is actually pretty good. And that means he's uh, able to find all spaces in the pocket and move his feet to create, um, you know, throwing lanes and step up into throw. So that's a, a positive trait, but he just does not have the arm strength and the ability to create off script. And, and I just, I, I don't think you, that, I mean, it's, very similar to Bridgewater in some respects wow. so I, I mean again I, it might be less athletic than Bridgewater in my opinion actually I mean that should be kind of taken as a, a fact at this yeah. point that <laughs> Mac Jones is less athletic than Teddy right. um so like it's just I don't know like it, th- there's some traits that he has I kind of I can see the appeal of it but it's I don't know it, it's it's nothing better than a second round pick. And I mean there's other the other guys obviously aren't perfect either, especially Wilson and Fields and Lance. Um so I'm not gonna sit here and act as if they're the gods like Chris Sims is, you know, calling Zach Wilson Mahomes and Rogers, which if that's the case, <laughs> then that's like one of the best quarterbacks of all time.
2: Oh, a little uh, bit of hyperbole there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean some of his takes while I appreciate his level of um analysis and i think that it's always good to hear different opinions i i think there's a little bit of hindsight bias going on with you know how he's performed in recent years <laughs> judging quarterbacks right. uh, but yeah no i i think that mac jones does not really make sense for this team unless they're trading back
2: yeah you know and that's the thing if they i mentioned this earlier i had a little uh chat with some folks on twitter this morning about mac jones and uh, made it very clear that, that I just don't think he's a top 10 guy. I, you know, I, I think he's a middle of the first, back into the first round guy. And that's based on a number of factors, and including very much what you said, the inability to create out a structure as much as you'd like in the current NFL environment where you need a quarterback, in my view. And again, different strokes for different folks. But I'd like to see a quarterback who can make all the throws. And I don't know if Matt can necessarily do that. Now he's a great processor. And he's very quick, got good feet, as you said. But you get him out of the pocket if you're if you're booting or whatever. I, I just don't see enough volume there from his days at Alabama to make a good eval on what he can do. And honestly, he's worked with the best of the best in terms of weapons at Alabama. And I'm not trying to ding him for that, but let's just be fair. It's going to be a different game when he gets to the next level here. Um, so I just think that, to me, sends up a little bit of a red flag. I just don't see you – know, you compare him to a guy like you know Zach Wilson, who I, I don't compare him to Aaron Rodgers at this point because I don't know what I'm getting there. But he's got great athleticism. He, he's very competitive. Obviously, he can do a great deal of stuff from the pocket and outside the pocket. I do like Trey Lance a lot, and I'll tell you why, because he runs a pro system, as you know. And I, yeah, he would
1: probably be my QB two or three at this point.
2: Two or three, yeah. And I I like Fields as well. You know, there's a lot of talk about his processing uh, limitations, but I I think a little bit that's overhyped. Do I think he's as good of a processor as as Mac Jones? Probably not. But I also think that's something you can improve upon. We heard a lot about that Cam Newton when he came in the league. Obviously, Cam became one of the better processors in the league as he matured, so I'm not too concerned about that. I just think this organization, you get one shot right now, Billy, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether they trade for another veteran quarterback out there, or whether they draft one of these guys in the top, I don't see Mac Jones is hitting a home run with that one shot you have at eight because at eight you can either get a guy who falls to eight or you have at least an opportunity to trade up top three and nab one of these guys who I think would, would translate quite well into this, uh, into this current state of the league right now.
1: No, I, I totally agree with you, because, I mean, that's the thing about all these quarterbacks. You have to find a guy who's willing to elevate the yep. surrounding talent. And I, like I said earlier, like this team has holes. I mean, three out of the five guys on their offensive line are not going to be here next year. And one guy, um, the guy you just franchised, he doesn't have a long-term deal past 2021. Yep. So you're you're in a situation where you really have to hit on this pick. And I just – I don't feel like – um, Mac Jones is the guy that will allow them to um, w- that will elevate the other players on the offense so we'll see I, I don't know it, it to me it, it it's the biggest decision this regime is going to have to make uh, I mean you, you took Bridgewater and you signed him last year it didn't work out fair enough I mean it's not too difficult to get out of the deal and I'm sure he's some team could probably trade for him but I mean, you got you got to figure out a way to hit on this pick. I mean, yeah, this is a good QB draft. I think the top four guys um, all have strengths in one way or the other. I have my preferences. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to follow.
2: Let's assume, just for a minute, going back to your conversation uh, we had recently about Bridgewater, and I know this <laughs> – getting a little late in the game here in terms of the speculation on Teddy's departure and – I don't know where his brain's at. I don't know what type of mental makeup he has. I would assume that if he had to step in one more year and and start, that it would be fine. There wouldn't be a big issue there. Let's assume for men that they do that. Let's assume they just go BPA in the draft or they trade back. Are there a couple players other than quarterbacks that stand out in your mind that might be available at eight that this team should eyeball right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier, the offensive tackles, Derrissaw, Slater, uh, if Sewell inexplicably drops, like one of those three, I think would be a great pick at eight. I like Darisaw a little more than, uh, well, actually hold off on that. I want to see Darisaw's um, athletic testing first, because right now, I mean, this Slater guy looks like an athletic freak, kind of oh, yeah. similar in some ways to Worf's. Um But yeah, I think I think uh, Slater would be you know an excellent pick. And I mean, if they go to a different route, I like Farley from um, the cornerback from Virginia Tech and Sertana's a decent prospect i don't think he's necessarily like um you know, you know a transcendent type corner uh, i have to study corners a little more but it, it's it's right now i think there's a ton of areas that they could look and i think the first two like i said um offensive tackle and corner those are two premium positions you're not going to find that type of talent um in the top 10 of the draft so if you really feel like you're going to roll with Bridgewater or find a QB from free agency, then I think those two options have to be
2: considered. Well, it's been a busy day. Um, again, we're, we're getting into the meat of it. As I said earlier on Twitter, you know, the, the quiet before the storm was last week. And we all knew sort of the franchise deadline day would start to uh, yield some movement here. And we've seen it around the league already today. Obviously the Panthers franchising Taylor Moden Dak gets his big contract in Dallas and then you've got some moves here that, that look like, you know, you got some tight ends in particular heading to free agency. Janu Smith from Tennessee, uh, Hunter Henry from the Chargers, whom I liked a lot. Are there any of these players? Kenny Galladay is another one. Or are you assuming, you know, Curtis Samuel, I, I would sense at this point is probably moving on, but you will have to see. Any names stand out early on in free agency that you know of that, that ring a bell that might be worth looking at from Carolina's view?
1: Oh, great question. So, like I said, the left tackle market is not very attractive at all. Um, so that's going to be something you have to address in the draft. Now, it's going to be – what positions do you think they should address? Tynan, you said, I like Janu Smith a little more than Henry. Henry seems like a fine player. I know that um, in 2016, I, I believe he was the other guy that they were considering in the first round. Yeah, um, I, I've read some reporting on that from – i think bill Voth was one guy who mentioned that henry was um going to be the alternate pick if butler wasn't on the border if they just went want to go in a different direction uh so i don't know but the issue with henry in my opinion is that he just gets injured a lot and he has his injury history is a little concerning so if they want to go for a veteran tenant rudolph wouldn't be a bad choice um i know he's up there in age uh but again i i think you have to figure out a way to address this position and uh, I mean, Rudolph would be a fine choice. I mean, Hollister from Seattle, who has obviously familiarity with fitter. Uh, I think he would be a sound choice. And um, I mean, we've seen what Jared cook can do. I don't know how he's probably gonna be a little more expensive. Another kind of under the radar guy who's kind of similar to Johnny Smith is Gerald Everett. Yeah. Um, he's kind of an exciting, like move tight end, uh, really good receiver, athletic player.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: So I think there's actually some really good options in free agency at the tight end position. And that's something that they really have to address because they haven't done in recent years. Um, Ian Thomas, I think could still still has a role on this team, but as a primary tight end, I think that experiment has probably ended. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's so funny each year when, uh, free agency approaches, you have like this deadline day right before the tag and like all the really good players get tagged, like your Allen Robinson's, um, I mean, Chris Godwin and so on. So it's, it's always interesting to kind of see the dichotomy of how the class looks before and after like the deadline day.
2: Yeah. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. I agree. And defensively, I mean, well, let's just take a quick glance at that because So we've been so enamored with the offensive side of the ball, Billy. All we seem to have talked about in the offseason is Deshaun Watson, what might be given up in terms of trade equity there. But then as we dive down to the draft, it's all offense, of course, I think with the emphasis being on defense last year. In the draft, that makes sense. So, I mean, I guess if we look at what's going on defensively, you've got Rasul Douglas, a free agent. Corn Elder's a free agent. Uh, you don't have much at corner right now. Obviously, we talked in the draft. Um, what are, stands out to you? I, I'll start. I think the corner situation, they, they've got to shore that up opposite Dante Jackson. I don't know if they kick Jackson in inside at some point. They keep him out wide. I like him outside, personally. I think they've got to shore up that other position because I just don't think Douglas is it, Billy. I just don't. And also the interior part of the defensive line. They've got Zach Kerr. They've got Derek Brown. Not too sold on Bravian Roy yet. He's a rookie, late round pick, obviously. I think they've got to get deeper along the defensive line, particularly inside. But I'll, I'll kick it to you. Defensively, what what are Carolina's biggest needs right now as we get in free agency in the draft?
1: No, you're you're spot on with that analysis. I, I mean, it's. I mean, each time you bring up like certain positions that they're short on, it just kind of like. Yeah, you know, makes me cringe a little more because they have like so many areas that they have to address. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you cornerback know, William Jackson is obviously kind of like the one of the big names out there. He's probably gonna get a big deal from someone. I don't know if he'll be worth it, but I like a couple under the radar guys that could be uh, DJ Hayden. He played pretty well in the slot for Jacksonville. Um, so if they do want to keep Jackson um, outside, then, I mean, that's, I think that would be a pretty sound decision. Uh, yeah. But I really think like this position in particular, you have to like invest a pretty hefty amount of money. So if, if you do want to, you know, put a lot of resource into it, then I, I think that going after William Jackson, it would be worth it. I think his 2017 season. He was really, really good. And I mean, he's been pretty good. Um, you know, The other, the other years too. Uh, so I, I think he would – he's certainly, like, on my radar. Um, I mean, defensive line, I agree with you. I mean, losing K1 short, so you have to figure out, um, you know, who are some guys who could replace him on in the interior. And I think you can get some cheap options, uh, particularly on the defensive line, like a Morgan Fox who played pretty well for the Rams. Uh, and then you can look at maybe, uh, you know, a couple other of these guys Guys like a Devon uh, Godshaw who played for uh, Miami. He's so, again a rotational type guys. I don't really think you're going to find um, your kind of elite interior defensive lineman in this uh, free agent class, and even in the draft itself. Uh, this isn't a very strong interior defensive line class. So uh, I mean, you invested in Derek Brown, Bravion Roy had a solid season. So I think you can figure out a way to get like a few of these uh, cheap guys, like I said earlier. I'm uh, Just giving you some names that can kind of be rotational options. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, and then I mean, linebacker too. They're gonna have to figure out a way to. I don't uh, know who's out there.
2: Definitely, Here. I mean, they're 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 looking at a situation where three of their, you know, contributors—Stanford, Taylor, and Whitehead. Of course, Whitehead for the best, probably at this point, are uh, are free agents and are, are heading out the door, and they're gonna have to make some decisions there in terms of where they go in terms of is it Jermaine Carter and then Shaq Thompson. Of course, they're Viennese. You know, they're very multiple in defense, Billy. So they'll know if you need, you know, three cog guys there anymore. It's, it's more of a nickel type of defense. You're going to have two standard backers and chin plays a lot of hybrid, but here's another question I have for you. Trey Boston suddenly gone. And I thought, you know, he's been pretty solid. Now, you know, you and I have had this conversation about Trey. Some of the angles, some of the angle pursuits haven't been great. But in general, he's one of the more underrated free safeties in the league. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there with a void. Where does that put them in terms of the safety position? Does that – Chin is not a Trey Boston type. I mean, let's just be honest. He's a much different player than Trey. And I don't think people make the assumption you're going to slide him back into Trey's spot. That's just not what you're getting there. What do they do at free safety right now?
1: Um, great question. Uh, It's, it's, it's difficult to know. I mean, under contractor Burris and chin, obviously. Uh, and, uh, Sam Franklin was okay. Anthony Harris is the one guy who I think could replace, um, who could replace Boston as a middle of the field guy with range and plenty of talent to, really patrol the back and he had a down year last season on the franchise tag. So he's probably going to be expensive. Um, a player that they could sign on a one-year deal uh, on a prove it deal almost is Malik Hooker. I was very high on him coming out right. of Ohio state and he played, he had some good moments uh, with the Colts. And I think if you can sign him on a one-year prove it deal because of his injury history, I don't expect him to get like a three or four year deal. I mean, if a t- team gives him that, then, god bless them but i think like on one year like eight to nine million dollar deal hooker would be um a really solid option he's 25 years old like i said he has the capacity to play that deep end his range is outstanding um when he does play and i think that uh, a guy like him having the draft status of being a first round pick will also appeal um to some coaches and scouts who are really hoping that he can reinvigor some of the talent that he showed earlier in his
2: career another guy. I think you've mentioned Juwinski Tart in the past. I believe he's a free agent as well. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah,
1: I think Tart is probably like on the same level as like a Anthony Harris, where you're expecting him. I think John Johnson of the Rams is another guy. Like you're, those three guys, I feel like are going to get um, a pretty substantial deal this off season. Um, so I don't know. It, it just feels like, I mean, if they, if they do sign him, like I, I would love it. Like, don't get me wrong. I just feel like for what Carolina's resources um, currently are, I I think that they're going to have to search for other avenues to address that position. I have no issue in particular with with cutting Trey Boston. I think my biggest issue is them cutting him and not figuring out a replacement. Um, I I know there's always the, um, you always want to have the tangible factor of, uh, doing right by the player so Boston goes into free agency early. Uh but I think that this was a situation where Carolina should have just kept Boston in the event that they find a replacement in free agency.
2: No question about it. It's it's fascinating this entire offseason, Billy, because you, you've got uh, uh a number of possibilities in quarterback as we talked about in terms of the uh the the cap situation, you know, you're you're looking at a lot of potential changes here with where the cap will fall in terms of the ceiling. Here we'll have to monitor that. But the estimated cap space right now from Spotrack is 20 million. Uh, so again, you know that that's that's different based on who you look at, based on what sources you read. But that's about where they're at now. Biggest cap hit uh, right now: 12% of the cap is Teddy Bridgewater. That's a 22 million hit they're taking this year. 20 million in dead cap if they were to uh, put him loose. Obviously, they're trying to to get a trade there so they don't have to take that hit. I, I've seen a lot about McCaffrey being mentioned in these trades, Billy, or these hypothetical trades or reported potential trades. And I thought Bill Voth brought up a pretty good point that it, it, it would cost them quite a bit to trade him away. Uh, it's it's going to be a little bit financially responsible to do it because they're going to take a, a bit of a hit there to, to get him out uh, in the trade market. Uh, it's one year later now. McCaffrey got the big deal. Uh, obviously, he's going to make – quite a bit of money here over the next few years. And uh, where do you stand with McCaffrey? I mean, obviously, you know, he, he got thinged up. You want him back. You want to see his value. Uh, where are you with McCaffrey? Do you think he plays here this year? And if he does, what can Joe Brady do to maximize his value? Because they're paying him big money, Billy.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it just seems like they're going to keep him. This year. And I mean, just, I don't know. I think that they'll keep him. Now, what I would do is obviously, I think that, you know, any running back as we, we proved last year that this position is pretty uh, replaceable. Yes. No running back. You're not going to find the match of production. You're not going to have a running back and go for like a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing. I get that. But I think just speaking from a, f- you know, football Standpoint of allocating your not only your resources off the field, like your financial resources, but also on the field, their target distribution and whatnot. I feel like just you know, a running back like a Mike Davis, plus like a, another receiver, um, whether in the draft or free agency, would kind of divvy up the uh, target share a little better as opposed to just focusing on a DJ Moore and uh, Christian McCaffrey. It really kind of takes away a lot of your options. Um, because teams our defenses are just going to focus on those two. So again, this team is limited with their assets. So if there's an opportunity to trade McCaffrey for a decent uh, pick, I, I think that should be explored. Now, if it isn't, which I don't think it will be, then I think that you just have to, you know, use him like you were planning to use him last year. And that's, um, you know, split him time between receiver and running back and, you know give him some time off we now know that he does get injured um you know a lot of people told me his first couple of years that he's this guy will never get injured and all this stuff but i mean last year just proved it running backs especially mccaffrey um they like to get injured a lot because they carry a heavy workload so yeah i think that you know sending another running back maybe like in the free agency or late in the draft to kind of you know help mccaffrey would be ideal if they do end up keeping him which is what i think they will do
2: I think it's a smart move. I don't know what they'll do with Mike Davis. Obviously, I think he's going to try to move on and and cash in, and good for him. It it seems that's the way that's going, but we'll have to see. Just uh, wanted to mention this, too. We didn't mention Trent Scott was re-signed on February 23rd. Trent played some some games last year. Left tackle played pretty well, but I think you and I both agree he's not a long-term answer, but might be the stop cap. You never know. Might be who they rely on for a year. If they can't get a premium left tackle – but I think we both agree that Taylor Moten is a right tackle and it would be in his best interest and the team's to keep him out on that right side. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. All right. Well, Billy, this was fun. Uh, we will do it again. I'm going to try to get a guest on here in the next uh, few days and uh, get a little more extensive breakdown of what's going on with these Panthers and talk a little more about uh, what's going on around the league. But, Billy, I enjoyed it, man. This is fun. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Glad to do this again.
2: Been too long, man. Let's not wait two weeks again, huh?
1: <laughs> well, the NFL offseason is about to get, go into a
2: hyperdrive here in the next few days. Yes, sir. We'll have a lot to talk about. For Billy Marshall, this is John Ellis. Thanks again for listening to The Roar right here on Blue Wire. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the
0: untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine.